wrestling fanatics, welcome to the Queen's Takeover. Thank you for joining us as we take over the podcast world. It's your girl Kat, aka the Texas Sports Queen. We also have the Carolina Boss Lady Kayla. Hello. And our resident adjuster, Jolie. Sup. Well, in the last few days, a lot of stuff has blown up on WWE, so but we will definitely get into all that um, in just a minute. But uh, continuing on the journey of our indie spotlight, we want to take a different approach to it today because the people um, behind the scenes, the promotions can't do what they do in the ring without everyone setting things up for them. And joining us today is one of those people behind the scenes and to kind of, so we can kind of get an aspect on what he does. So we definitely want to welcome in Xander from Ray's Lighting. Hello. Hello. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. No problem. And so, and so, um, and there's a, there's a interesting, um, there's a interesting and fascinating fact of why we wanted to have him on and everything. So we'll definitely get into that. But of course we have, we are a wrestling podcast. And so we definitely wanted us. We got to start this out with anybody who's new to our show and everything. How'd you become a fan of wrestling to begin with? Uh, so my dad uh, really watched wrestling uh, like really long time, like when he was basically when he was young. And then uh, then I, I and I uh, showed up. Uh, so he's like, oh, let's 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 get him to watch some wrestling. And I'm like, that's I, I just we're just watching it. So I, I just become a natural <laughs> fan of it, you know, so I just. I started really watch. I remember really watching it back in like 2009. I think a little bit in 2008. I don't remember specifically, but I remember mm-hmm. 2009 specifically. I remember start actually watching the pay per views, watching the shows every Monday and Friday for Raw and SmackDown, and that's and I I still watch wrestling to this day. Cool. Yeah, it's like everyone's got their everyone's got their own backstory about how they got interested, and it seems like your dad just kind of like dragged dragged you into it a little bit yeah basically (laughs) oh fair enough fair enough love love for the fathers (laughs) all right um how did you start your own business especially at such a young age how did i start it uh so the the, this is how i started it was pretty simple um so i had a friend or i still have a friend uh name of chris uh, and he was really he did he does a lot of theater tech uh, in terms of lighting and all that and he wanted to do a couple like wrestling shows so and he knew some someone who was training currently in WrestlePro who helped him bring him along uh, so I did my first show quote unquote I was more like an assistant more than anything and that mm-hmm. was back I think in November 2017 uh, when I was doing a show for WrestlePro with uh with my friend chris who was teaching me how to do these lights see if i was really interested in this stuff because i was very interested with the raw and smackdown lighting and how they did it i was very interested in that so i really wanted to see how it worked and uh that was my first show of actually knowing how things work and i had a blast that one show so much of fun that when i turned 14 or when i was about to turn turn 14 uh in 2018 uh i asked Pat Buck on July. I remember this specifically in June 8th. I went to Pat Buck, who's currently a WWE uh, executive for WWE. I uh, asked him, like, hey, can I do your lights for your show? And he said, sure. Uh, there you go. It's, <laughs> I started from there. I got my own lights on my for my birthday. And uh, I did my first show in Union, New Jersey, July 6th, 2018. I'm never going to forget that. That's my first show. <laughs> and it really started off there. I just, I just got interested in it. I love doing it. So I really wanted to pursue that. So that's how I got into it so easily. Wow. And it's like, yeah, it's like from what we were talking about, like kind of uh, starting off getting to know each other, like on DM and everything. Um, so we can get you on the show and everything. And it's just so amazing that you've been able to do what you have done so far and you're only 16. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like some, some people are like some people are like watching TV, playing video games, like staying up all night streaming and everything. So it's like that is extremely impressive. Yeah. Sometimes I impress myself because I got like so many shows. I'm um, just one month. I'm just like, how do I have this many shows? How? How am I able to schedule all this? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, Jolie, 
All right. Uh, can you give us a rundown of all the services that uh, you you offer and what you've done so far with the events you've worked? Ooh, okay. This is, this is a nice one. Uh, so the services I provide is lighting for pro wrestling events. I also do some other events as well, like private events and all that, but that's, I don't really have a set price and set uh, stuff for that, but my main is pro wrestling. Uh, so I mainly do entrance or stage lighting, which is the entrance or stage, depending on how, when you depending on what you call it something just fell um depending on what you uh what uh, sorry enters a stage lighting uh which is uh which is for the entrance of stage lighting uh i do a really good job on that uh it depends on what setup you want like some setups i do go over beyond it really depends on your budget uh then i do ring lighting uh, ring lighting simple lights up the ring looks good looks professional doesn't it it looks simple but like when you really compare between no ring lights and with ring lights, uh, like with like if you use normal house lights compared to with ring lights, it's a huge difference. Like it's a dramatic difference between the two. I I have some on my Instagram where uh, where I have the differences between between lights and no lights. It's it's a dramatic difference. Um, I also provide uh, some flame machines, pyro, uh, which is an added bonus to it if you want it it does cost a little bit extra just to pay for fuel and all that and then i also and then fog machines or any cheap effects are just included in general but those are the main services i provide that's awesome and uh do you have a favorite uh any favorite event that you've done so far or is it mainly just like house shows my favorite event i've done so far uh, i definitely have to say synergy i i go above and beyond for them every single time uh it's just, I, I go beyond for every single show, but like Synergy has like this special place where I'm just like, I could do so much. Like I have so much freedom. I'm mm. not really restricted in any way. I'm not really not worried about, oh, can I do this and be worried? No, they trust me enough to go on and just do my thing. Uh, like my favorite thing, I think it was the first show I worked with them. Uh, it was back uh, a year ago, almost uh, for Black Friday. Colin, the owner of Synergy, every single time I do an entrance or a new entrance, he was just there being like, oh my God, you are so amazing. This is incredibly, oh my God. He's just screaming the whole time in excitement and joy. He was like a little child again. It was absolutely hilarious and made me feel so good. Yeah, we actually just had um, Colin on last week and everything. So it's like, yeah, even like he has this like tremendous energy and everything. So it's like, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely understand. That. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so do you have any crate? So um, I know I didn't like put this on the list of what we were going to talk about and everything. So it's like, you got to have at least one crazy story. One crazy story. Okay. I have <laughs> one crazy story. Um nothing like insanely crazy i don't i don't have any crazy stories uh in terms of just what most people think crazy i have some bad okay. moments of who i've dealt with some people who are not the best i have dealt with people who are absolutely amazing and then have done weird have done not okay things later on um there are some names where i'm like i i i absolutely love them before the allegation showed up uh or some things that happened uh which definitely are kind of like back then we're just like, okay, it's all good. It's nice. Thank you for the compliment. And now, now it's just like, that was a crazy time knowing, looking back and realizing, oh wait, this person did some things to someone with my age. So that's kind of a, it became a crazy moment. Be like, ah, okay. Um, <laughs> but the, my most number one crazy moment uh, would have to be uh, at this hotel in Atlantic city, a very, very popular hotel in terms of doing wrestling shows. Okay. Uh, it's called the Showboat Hotel. Uh, I have met this one guy, one of the employees. Absolutely rude to me. Absolutely rude. He, I think he was jealous of me or something, being <laughs> able to do lighting at this age. Uh, but he was just, he, he looked at me and then just like, do you have such and such? Do you have this, this and that? I'm like, no, I don't. It's like, oh, so then you're not professional because you don't have such and such. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. You don't need to have such and such to be professional or work as a professional or do this. It's like, oh, you're, you're like, he just started going off cursing at me. Like, oh, you're, you're such a dumbass. You're such a fucking idiot. Why the fuck do you not have this stuff? 
you want to play with your little toys called Ray's Lighting, your company. It's just a fucking joke. I'm a professional. You're not because you don't have such and such. I, I stayed cool the whole time. I don't know how I stayed cool. I was yeah. just, I was straight up just like, sir, no, sir, <laughs> no, 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 no. You didn't provide this. You didn't provide with this information to give to the promoter or me. So technically, it is technically not by our fault that we do not have such and such. It is technically by uh, your fault that you do not provide such stuff. Uh, I'm willing to still work with you and such. This guy, I think he was like the head of uh, production for this building. Absolutely mm-hmm. rude. It was. If anyone wants yeah, me to do Showboat Hotel, they gotta, they gotta pay up because <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Nah, it's not. It, I did not have a good time there at all. After that night, I was just like, "How is he professional?" Calling someone out, cursing at them, and calling himself a professional, while the other guy, who is me, is saying, "Nice, being generous, being professional, acting professional, giving good reasons why I don't have such and such." He's also going back and be like, "Oh, you have cheap Chinese lights." I don't. He's going out and be like, "You have cheap Chinese lights." I'm like, "I don't." It's like you're bullshitting me. I'm not bullshitting you, sir. I'm not. I don't bullshit. I don't. It's a waste of time for me to bullshit. It just, it right. prevents me. Like, I'm giving full reasons, and I don't know how this guy is tired still. He was also, <laughs> I, I, at the end of that day, I'm just like, I was literally just in the car driving home with my dad, just like, how is he a professional? How is he hired? Right. How does he not realize that he's working at a hotel that makes a shit ton of money? While I'm someone who doesn't make a shit ton of money, I don't. I can't afford the six thousand dollar lights that they have. And I apologize for the cursing, but this moment was a crazy moment, and I absolutely hated it. And I hope that uh, companies and promotions realize, like, sure, they might be treating you nicely, but doesn't mean everyone's being treated nicely as well. Um, like GC, I know GCW does that building. I know they get treated ab- wonderfully. I know they mm-hmm. do. Uh, but when I was there. I'm assuming because I was just young or something. This guy was able to like, like, oh, I could totally just mess this kid up or something like that. I'm strong. Like, it's really hard to break me emotionally. It's really hard to do things. Uh, I knew I did a good job that night. So I wasn't that greatly affected because there are some nights where uh, especially where I'm just like, ah, no, I did. I put up a very bad job. I did a very bad job this show, even though it didn't look like it. I knew I did a bad job. But like at the same time, I know if I did a bad job, I want to listen to other people first. I t- I'm always open for criticism. Always. I posted many times on my Twitter, like, what can I improve on? What could I n- not improve on? Like, what could I improve on and stuff like that? Half the time I get no answers or I get an answer, but the answer is like, we have none. You're wonderful. You're perfect. And that makes my day so much better. Or like at the end of the day, I think uh, when the quarantine came back, uh, right from like lockdown and stuff, uh, my mm-hmm. first show back uh, was Synergy. Uh, and my first show back, I made so many mistakes that show. I think I was running late in terms of scheduling. I wasn't doing well in performance and all that. I, I, I was literally in the, like, I was really doing, after done with that show, I'm like kicking my tire, like my tire being like, I did a terrible job this show. Absolutely terrible. But Colin and so many guys in the back are just like, you did a phenomenal job. And I took their word for it than mine because there's someone else who takes a different view. If they did, if they think they like it, the product I'm giving, if they like it, then I like it. I take that type of perspective. I don't listen to myself half the time. If I knew I did a terrible, terrible job, like something absolutely got destroyed or something, then there's no word that could fix that. Uh, but I take other people's word for it more than what I uh, take it. Uh, but my dad absolutely knows that like, I do push myself every single show and my expectations of, my spell, of myself expand every single show. It doesn't it doesn't go down. It doesn't stay. No, it go. My expectations go higher and higher each show. Wow. I mean, you're extremely level-headed for your age and everything. So it's like, so it's like, bravo to you to keeping your cool. And it's like, even with, even with the three of us, sometimes with, uh, with like, even with our podcast and writing and everything, it's like, sometimes we're our very, we're our own worst critic and everything. So I can definitely understand your, um, perspective on that. So if um, anyone wanted to get in touch with you to kind of hire your, uh, hire you for their events and everything, how they reach out. Uh, you can go to my Instagram, Twitter, send me a DM or send me an email at raiselights at gmail.com. 
or xanderlighting at gmail.com. Those are the easiest ways to do it. I, I, I respond very, very fast. The only times I don't respond is usually when I'm doing a show or I'm sleeping or I'm at school. It's literally those three times. Otherwise, I respond really fast in terms of DMs. Emails, give me like two days. You'll get a response pretty quickly. Uh, but DMs is honestly the fastest way to get in touch with me. I respond fast. I respond quickly. I respond professionally. Uh, those are the, really right. the quickest ways. All right. Sounds good. Well, Xander, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's like, in, definitely we wish you nothing but the best and, um, and your business and everything going forward. Thank you. I greatly appreciate it. You're very welcome. Okay, so before we get to Friday's bombshell, we do want to extend our congratulations to Miss Alexa Bliss. Uh, she tweeted out late last night that her and her boyfriend, Brian Cabrera, did get engaged. Douche canoe. And so... <laughs> well, it's like after a year, they're, t- they're making it official forever. So congrats, congratulations to them. All right, so... We do also want to get into uh, Undertaker later on, but okay, enough being around the bush. Friday, Friday, oh my God, the bombshell of the week got dropped on Friday when WWE announced that uh, they released Selena Vega, and a lot of stuff came out afterwards that it had to do with everything involving Twitch and third-party platforms, and apparently after the mandate came down, she actually opened up an account on OnlyFans, from what I hear, and everything. So, Which, Kayla. No, no, no. Oh. Come to me first. I actually, oh! Okay. I actually this follow is, this- her. I actually follow her on A to Z on Twitch, so I actually follow her. I know some of the backstory. She started the OnlyFans for her cosplay. Because she didn't want to keep flooding the WWE site that was, you know, brought up for her for Instagram with the, all the cosplay. So she did the only OnlyFans for that. She had nothing bad to say about the company at all. She praised Triple H. She praised Stephanie McMahon, The Rock, Tommy Dreamer. Mm-hmm. And she she had nothing negative to say. And, you know, she has a lot of things. And if you want to follow her... She's on Twitch. She has a YouTube channel. I don't know if they're still adding to the YouTube channel, but it, it was mainly because of Twitch. And it, it is uh, an unfortunate, uh, unfortunate that this had to happen because she did give over her channel to her brother. Her brother took over the channel. Okay. So I think they wanted her to shut it down completely. Oh, but there's a lot of people that are now saying, well, how come people like Dakota Kai get to still stream? Unfortunately, I think that's a double, double-edged sword because Dakota doesn't keep any of the subs that she gets, the money that the subs that she gets, the sub bombs that she gets, all of that is done for charity. So it's 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 that's like, you know, that's a very fine line. And I think she can prove that she gets some of that money. Whereas, like, you know, the sub drops and, like, you know, what they say is some of the, they do get the money. Like, the cameos and stuff like that. I don't know if she's going back on cameo or not. Um, but, you know, I mainly watch for, like, the cat content because her cats are fucking adorable. But, yeah, no, she had literally nothing bad to say about the company. Right. She met her husband. She met the love of her life there. She met one of her best friends in Soraya, a.k.a. Paige. Mm-hmm. She's made so many, uh, she's good memories with Andrade. So, you know, we don't know what the future holds. And my only thing that I will say this, stop saying AEW. Stop saying Vince is the devil when it comes to unionizing. Because to quote Bailey, ding dong, <laughs> Vince isn't the end all to be all in, in wrestling. Unionization tried to be started at NWA way back in the day. Also, in uh, many of the other uh, Ohio Valley, um, Appalachian Wrestling, a lot of the different small companies did try this. Yes, Hulk Hogan was one of the big detractors that said, no, we don't want to do that, brother. But, you know, still, it was not just Vince McMahon that put down the kibosh on unionization. Personally, we don't even know what his preference is is when it comes to unionization because it actually has to do with the wrestlers themselves. Mm -hmm. Yes, you did have Alexa Bliss come out and 
say something about how the WWE takes great care of her and when they're sick and blah, blah, blah. And you had people jump on there saying that she's being a good sheeple for the WWE. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that read those comments. She's just smart. She just knows how to do her fucking job. Know how to keep her job. I'm not saying that, you know, Zelina has every right to say, you know what, I'm keeping my page. She does. Thea does. She has an absolute right. And she got to fulfill her dreams by wrestling in Madison Square Garden Somewhere that, you know, she and her dad used to go to see shows at before he passed right. away. Right. So unionization is not the end all to be all with WWE and with Vince McMahon. And yes, this is actually pushed towards you, Mr. Andrew Yang. Give everybody $3,000 a month. Well, if you're so fucking rich, start doing that for people. There's people out there that are struggling right now. People that are getting evicted. But, you know, there's just so much shit and you want to blame. Put all the blame on WWE. Cody Rhodes has come out against unionization. He has. Look it up in 2019. So it's not just Vince. Yes, does Tony Khan let them have their their pages? Yes. But then again, Tony Khan is a little bit richer and actually doesn't get his money. It's his daddy's money. So he really probably doesn't even give a fuck. So, you know. So stop making this all about Vince McMahon when it isn't about Vince McMahon when it comes to unionization. The whole third party is bullshit. It's 100% bullshit. I think they should still be able to keep their things. They can do things like tax them. I mean, it's a beautiful thing that they do for us. You know, the, the, the federal government taxes us for everything. from For women, especially with tampons and all that lovely shit. Yet yeah. Viagra is free for men. Explain that one to me. You get what? What? <laughs> They get they get like a lot of um, discounts when it comes to like uh, male enhancement and um, they're nice, lovely things. Yeah. Oh my God, screw that. <laughs> but there was there would have been a way for Vince to taxes. Now we don't know what's going to happen with Alistair, so stop saying he's going to quit. We don't know. We do know that he did want to go down to NXT. He wanted to go back to NXT. That, that has been denied. out there. That got denied. But then again, when you look at it, there's good reason for it to be denied. Unfortunately. There's so much going on in NXT right now, he would have no spot. Even Finn being down there is taking away from people. I mean, I love Finn, but him being down there is taking the championship from somebody that should have it better. Like, don't, like I said, don't get me wrong, I love Finn. But there's other people that deserve to be champion in that, that company. And Again, for all the people saying, you know, oh, they keep sex offenders like uh, Dream and Austin Theory. The Austin Theory thing is complete bullshit because that was just one person and the pictures looked fucking innocent. And she never said, like, she never showed the DMs of him saying anything, never showed any of that. So the Austin Theory one is bullshit. Dream, he found a way to manipulate the law. Unfortunately, just we, we have to deal with it and get over it. We're all enjoying Ciampa kicking his ass every week. He's basically now become Lana of the of NXT. <laughs> and so, yeah, you guys can go on what you guys say about Selena, but I just wanted to be the first one to talk because I actually watched the stream after she got fired on, on Friday. The amount of people that came out and supported her, she had over 4,000 people watching. I think 5,000 at one point. And a lot of it was Ooh. WWE people that wanted to see what was going on. Paige, yeah. Paige rated her with people. Paige still has her page. Just, just put that out there. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. So Paige still has her page. Zelina still doesn't have, has the 90-day no-compete clause. We don't know where she'll end up. She might go back to TNA where she was very well utilized. But right. the only the one thing that sucks is that she was probably, as much as I enjoyed watching her in ring, I loved watching her as a manager. Like she has the gift of gab that, you know, nobody else has. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you lost a great manager. I mean, again, we could get rid of Lana. Please. I mean, how many I, more times has she got to get put through a table? I got a bad theory about her. Oh, that she's going to be the one that ends up winning the uh, 
Survivor Series and being the hero of Raw. Mm-hmm. I've read it. I've digested it. But right now, we might be down a team member, so somebody else might have to step up and take, you know, Mandy Rose's place. Whoa! whoa, whoa, whoa. Mandy got hurt. Mandy Rose? Oh, crap. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, know. I, I, I didn't read that. Dude, she... Uh, People were blaming Naya for once, and Naya actually didn't do it on purpose for this time. It wasn't normally her fault like it normally is. It was actually, you know, it was a just a, uh, an accident where they were going for the ring ropes and her shoulder landed wrong. Don't know. There's been nothing said or anything like that, but um, it is plausible that they will have to find a replacement for Mandy Ross. And so we will go from there. Okay. But, you know... If it's nothing, then everything will be fine. But, like, I haven't seen anything. And so, like I said, we'll go from there. Right. We find out. But, like I said, if you want to support Zelina or Thea Trinidad, as she is, um, just look up. Hold on. It is A to Z. No, I don't want that. A to Z on YouTube at twitchtv.com or just twitch.com and she does have a youtube channel at a to z on youtube um a lot of it was stuff that her and alistair were posting but now alistair will not be making any appearances on the channel um they made sure very well not to have his voice come on at all so you know they're they're being very cautious with that and Mm -hmm. so Okay. We, we will have to wait and see what happens with her but you know she she has so many interests she's got to live out her dream and right now she has the fans behind her in the best ways and you know if you want to be a sub to the channel it's $5.99 a month and you just stay hooked to the channel and it's how you support her unless she goes back to WWE or we'll see what happens I mean Anything is possible if somebody gets let go from a company and they get brought back. Exactly. So, you know. I mean, hell, cause, yeah, because hell, because like Drake was part of that uh, big layoff earlier in the year and everything, and then he got his job, he got his job back. So, hey, we don't know. We'll never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen from day to day. And exactly. um, so, yeah. All right. Well, Kayla. We'll, we'll let you get in here. So what were your thoughts about her release and uh, should Vince change his policy? Change the, change the mindset on the Twitch and third par- party. Um, I was actually at work on lunch when I was going through my newsfeed and it was just like that. I was like, what? No, because at first it was like on a kfav.com website. So I had to go find it. And sure enough, it was true. Um, I was shocked. Um, I'll be the first one to admit I'm not really a huge fan of Zelina Vega, but um, I guess in a way you can say she's kind of grown on me a little bit, not quite. Um, But as far as I won't go into detail deep into it, um, but in a way I kind of think Vince should let them do Twitch. Just kind of, I saw something where, Maybe that they said something as long as they don't use their um, wrestling names, like use their real names, um, might be something and don't mention WWE. But like a page has stated a while back, that's how they talk about Ugman's fans and stuff. So um, I think that's what it much, pretty much all I have to say about it. But he should switch it up a little bit because I know a lot of them are off Cameo now for it. Um, I think the only one I've known, yeah, I think pretty much everyone's off of there. I, cause I know Karrion Cross brought his up cause he put it under Killer Cross, but then he's back off again. Scarlet's off of there. Keith mm-hmm. don't even come up anymore. Sasha don't come up anymore. So, um, but no, I think he should let it, oh, uh, Charlotte's off, even though she used her real name. Um, but no, I think he should allow, if that's how, uh, wrestlers want to communicate he should allow them but don't let them use their real um use their ring name but honestly if you're a true wrestling fan and you're a, um, a fan of those people you would know their real name so um yes like always our jester covers it 
Oh, I was on the as soon as she said she was back and she was going to be streaming at night because um, I get alerts. I had more of the story than you guys did, unfortunately, this time. And nothing wrong with that. So, <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that and everything. But uh, uh, either way, we all get our we all get it out out in the open and everything. So it's long as long as we all bring our thoughts into uh, this and everything it's just um, that's all that matters and another thing it was definitely on my bucket list but um now like julia has also said we don't know what's going to happen with her is thea going to mm. get to come back or whatever whatever but um now with this situation i wanted to do this but when i go to new york i want to do it more than ever now is find her dad's thing at the memorial put a rose on it and oh. send a picture to her. Aww. So, cause that was always on my bucket list. Cause I've never been to New York and I wanted to do that. Cause you know, wrestling fans were doing it. And now it's like, part of me is like, all right, let's go to New York right now and do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'll be like, it's like, I got to count my blessings as far as like, whenever I can get a chance to get to Boston, well, but let's not go there. Oh man. Travel restrictions. <sighs> All right, let's talk to Dead Man. Okay, so this is 2020, the 30 year anniversary, and apparently it's like it's all coming to an end. So they say at um, Survivor Series. So let's get into the good, bad, and the ugly with him. Mainly the good, of course. But all right, so Kayla, yep, the ugly is only one thing. And that was that damn Goldberg match. So we're covered that. That was piece of shit. <laughs> We're just going to focus on the good because that Goldberg match in Saudi Arabia was a piece of shit. He knows it. Yes. Goldberg knows it. The WWE universe knows it. So we really don't need to go in the ugly on that one. All right. All right. Ugly thing. Ugly taken care of. Okay. All right. So Kayla, what has been your favorite Undertaker moment? There's been a lot, um, but a part of me is the plain and simple one um, that I think my favorite part about Undertaker is anybody that goes out into the ring calls him out. I mean, it could take a day, weeks, months, and it's just like, it's just like, okay, you're calling out the Undertaker. When's he going to show up? How's he going to react? <laughs> and then the doing out of nowhere, and then the lightning hits. Um, I think as always, that's, and that's basically his way. I've always loved it. That's basically his way of saying, um, I accept you better run. You better, you know. Um, but it's just, it's as always also, I guess, another favorite moment. I've always loved him and Kane, the Brothers of Destruction. Um, cannot think of the top of my head what it was. I should have done a little bit more research, but I was trying to hurry. Um, I loved a part when, he came out of the coffin after Orton thought he got rid of him. You know, just <laughs> the different. I know it was great. Cannot think what it is top of my head. What when that thing might have been I'll, on. Oh, uh, I, I, I'll I get into it. I, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll get, I'll, I'll get into it. But no, I'm just saying it's just there's so many moments. But if I really honestly had to choose, I just think the bell here in the bell, the uh -huh. dark, the lightning, is just just his way of showing. All right. You talked your shit long enough. I'll see you next week on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown or wherever he's coming. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Just kind of piggyback what, off what you're saying. Yeah. Like the best moments for me are just like when you think you've gotten rid of him and everything, and he has his own unique way of coming back. So, what kind of led up to that moment you were talking about was actually the very first pay per view I ever went to in person with my nephew was No Mercy 2005, okay. which unfortunately which unfortunately ended up being Eddie Guerrero's last pay-per-view, but I'm not mm -hmm. going to get into that sadness. Anyways, okay, so it was a two-on-one casket match, Undertaker going up against Orton and his father, Cowboy Bob. So um, the Ortons ended up winning the match, but what they did is they locked Taker in the coffin, dragged it up to the entranceway, and set the bitch on fire. And it's like, this is my very first pay-per-view and I'm like going, what the hell am I watching? And I'm like going, oh my God. Okay, so fast forward to Survivor Series. Um, 
Orton ends up being the last survivor. He's in the ring. He's celebrating and everything. And then, like you said, with the thong. And then look up at the entranceway. Casket there. And then Orton looks like he's seeing a ghost and everything. And then, boom! Taker kicks open the casket door. And pow! There he was. And it was just like, Orton, you done screwed up. And then they went toe-to-toe in um, Hell in a Cell the next month. I think it was at Armageddon. But it's just like, yeah, Undertaker has that way of, like, coming back to haunt you whenever you've fucked up. Uh, all right, Jolie, your best moments. Seeing him live. I got to see him as the American Badass um, way back, uh, I think this is 2000. I forget, I forget when I was, 2004? I forget when I got to see him live as the American Badass. Getting to see his entrance at Extreme Rules 2019 in Philadelphia. I was almost dead center to the ring. And, you know, as soon as you hear the gong hit, you get the goosebumps. And then the funeral march comes. And that was the one thing I was so excited for Mm -hmm. with this WrestleMania because... I would have gotten to see him do a WrestleMania entrance. And that's the one thing I've, that I've always wanted to see, but never had the chance. Um, and probably never will. But my favorite moment is when he and Jeff Hardy had that ladder match and Jeff took it to the extreme and he's barely standing up. And you think that Undertaker is going to end him right there. He just lifts his hand up and just gives him a pat on the face, like "good job, good job." And that was like mm-hmm. one of the one times I remember, like you know, when you got that nod, you, you know you got the nod, right? So, you know, that was one of my favorite moments. Um, I think when it comes to shocking moments, that would have to be the twenty-one and one. Uh, WrestleMania thirty-four. Was it thirty-four? Or was that? No, no, no. It wasn't 30. 30. I knew it was New Orleans. Yeah. Um, to uh, give you a little funny story about The Undertaker and Entrance, I had to look it up before I... Um, WrestleMania 27 was in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Brandon that I've known for six, six years, I met him at my current job at Electrolux. Um, met him through... Anyway, he um, he was telling me he got to go to WrestleMania 27 in Atlanta. And still to this day, we wanted to come back to Atlanta, please, because I want to go. It'll be on the East Coast. But no, um, he said he heard the doing. He says, OK, I know the Undertaker's going to take his time. He said he's seen it before. Um, so he's like, well, let me go to the bathroom. Let me go get some refreshments. Let me go get a beer. Let me go check out. You know, he says, maybe by the time he comes back, the undertaker will be in the ring. So he's like, he said, I did everything I could, everything I could. He says, man, I got back and he still had about 10 feet to the ring. He says, I tried everything. And he says, well, I just sat there. I was like, and he, and he, till this day, when I talked to him about it, you ask him, <laughs> hey, how was that Undertaker entrance at WrestleMania 27? He'd be like, man, I did everything I could not to, because I mean, he's seen it. He just know how long it was. He just expect when he gets back, the match yeah. will be ready to go. Well, guess what? He does everything he could and he gets there. Undertaker Undertaker still had like 10, 20 feet before he even got to the ring. So he was just like, <laughs> man. So, but I just thought I'd share with that with you. But no, I do kind of agree with Jolie. His entrances are always, yes, you may think that's about five minutes that you never get back of your life, but um, right. that's about five minutes of, um, you know, in a part of a wrestling fan that is great to see. Um, the smoke, you know, the dark, the doing, and just, you know, just the entrance of Steam himself. And then him taking yeah. the hat off from the ring, so. Oh, yeah. It's like everything. The eye roll. The, the and lightning. the eye roll. <laughs> right. It's like methodical, like slow movements and everything. And I swear Roman's, Roman's entrances are getting just as long now. It's like I have to fast forward through that shit on TV and everything. <laughs> It's like he's walking with a pile of shit in his pants. 
<laughs> All right, Jolie, your yes. favorite Undertaker match. Hmm. Which incarnation are we talking about? Because, you know, I would go with the Brothers of Destruction matches anytime. Um, but no, one of my favorite, like I said, my favorite Undertaker match is when he was the American Badass and it was him against Jeff Hardy. And that latter match was brutal. Um, definitely ranks up there. But I honestly just loved the Shawn Michaels refereeing Triple H versus Undertaker and Hell in the Cell. Was that in the Hell in the Cell? Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they did Hell in the Cell, yeah. But but it was at I WrestleMania. Just told them, I, yeah, it was at WrestleMania. I just I don't remember which WrestleMania, but uh, yeah, it was in Hell in the Cell. Yeah, that's definitely like that. That was such a brutal match, and like for both competitors, uh, but amazingly done. And you know, Sean did right by both parties. Mm -hmm. Um. I just remember the end where they're just carrying out Triple H and they're just all three standing at the top of the stage. It's like it's such a brotherhood amongst the men in the back and it's it's amazing when there's just that much respect and camaraderie and I guess maybe my other one is when it was Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker when he came down with the cascading light uh, uh, costume and Taker's <laughs> in all black it's like Oh, this ain't fucking religious to save my life, but yeah. <laughs> and it's like, so evil wins? Is that what we're saying here? Because it's WrestleMania and Tiger always wins. And so that Brock Lesnar fucking match, which I still think was an audible called, no matter how much they say, but I honestly think that Taker got concussed bad and they made an audible call that it wasn't supposed hmm. to end that way. Okay. I, I, I will live with that conspiracy until the day I die because I don't think, <laughs> I don't think they wanted Lesnar to be the one to break the streak. Right. I think uh, they had asked uh, Cena to break it and he said no. No, C Cena did say no. I think Edge said no. Yeah. And I think they honestly wanted Roman to eventually break the streak. Yeah. But, you know, if, if we were going to say who, if we were going to say who should have broken the streak... And we're looking, let's say, we're looking at all the wrestlers today. I have a toss-up between the two people that should have ended the streak. Okay. Aleister Black and The Fiend. One of those two should have been, be the, been, been the one to have broken the streak because that would have elevated them to a godlike tier status. And I think the fans would have appreciated, especially with the likes of The Fiend. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, and I love Aleister Black. I think like, we were talking like, talking a little bit earlier about, you know, with him and everything, you know. Yeah. I, I got to see such a different side of him. But, like, you know, he is such an amazing person. Watching the ride along with him and uh, Ricochet was funny because you, you just got to see him more laid back. And he's such, like, you know, this big nerd. You wouldn't think he was, but he is. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if, if anybody deserved that godlike tier status, Lesnar didn't need it. Ro no, hell no. Everybody already hates Roman, so that's easy now. Like, you know, I swear <laughs> to God, his heel turn was the easiest fucking thing in the world. People already hated him. You know, people were already past the whole, okay, he's got leukemia. He got over it. All right, okay, we still, now we hate him. We boo him again. Like, y'all are fucked up. I mean, but yeah, so honestly, I feel that it, those are the two people that should have done it i mean the fiend got over on his own and his storyline now with 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 uh alexa bliss top notch top tier amazing um so yeah i definitely think it, it should have been the fiend Bray wyatt or alistair black one could argue carrying cross but i feel like carrying came on too late into nxt so but we already had bray wyatt and this what it could have done is he could have beaten the Undertaker, right? Mm -hmm. And it could have, when he beat the Undertaker, it could have transformed him into the Fiend. Like that power, the power, the mystical power that's within the Undertaker transferred mm -hmm. over and created the diabolical mean bastard that was the Fiend to start out with. Now he's just like, you know, an evil jolly green giant that you want to hug, even though he's going to give you the mandible claw and give you the sister and Abigail. But still, you just want to give him a hug. 
because he's cool. But like you know, yeah. you talk about like how evil he could have made some like it, the the power could have just made him evil. I think that would have been so fucking cool. But then again, you know, my I've got a warped sense of mind, so. <laughs> Oh man, that's actually a good theory. And yeah, I would have, it's like, that's a good toss up between those two of who could have actually broken the streak. And as far as like Undertaker's favorite matches, you actually said mine, Be- it was WrestleMania 25, because uh, I was actually there. It was the only WrestleMania I've been to and everything. But yeah, when Shawn Michaels came down in the cloud with the clouds and the godlike and everything, it was like, it was like a unbelievable sight. And of course the match itself was an absolute banger. And I, I mean, just seeing the whole experience and at the time he had the streak going and everything. So that was just amazing to watch. <sighs> All right, Kayla, what's yours? Uh, the boss Leslie officially fills out of place. She's never been to a WrestleMania. Um, <laughs> we'll get you there. We'll get you there. Eventually we'll get you there. Eventually. But um, you actually, you guys both said my favorites. Um, I did like the HBK. I liked the Jeff Hardy. So while I was sitting here, I did a little bit more research. Um, since you stated that, I kind of liked something else, not just because of who was in the match, of how the actions were. Um, I'm going to take it back to SummerSlam 2015, the whole Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar, where they kept going at it, and then Brock gets up in the ring and is like, oh, I'm laughing at you. Undertaker sits up, starts laughing back at Brock again. I <laughs> uh, kind of like that, and then it was the part, um, still trying to think, and then the one match where they uh, Undertaker rolled Brock up into Hell's Gates. He, he, he flipped him off, like, you know, I'm done. You know, I kind of like, I kind of like that, because it wasn't, yeah, it was like a, it was like more like revenge, but they kind of made it fun. Um, and I think any kind of Undertaker kind of made a match fun. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anything else? No, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just trying to get my words together there. Um, right. Yeah, I think. <laughs> All right. So this last question came about based on a tweet from the other day. So, Kayla, if Taker were to have one last retirement match, who's it going to be against? When I was out shopping earlier, I know I sent you all the tweet, uh, said earlier who really wanted to be when I said Finn Balor would like to be his last opponent. Mm-hmm. So, when I was out earlier dealing with a bad headache, still got it, but um, I kept thinking, I'm thinking, Okay, yeah, it'll be nice to see Finn do it. But then again, no. And then I just kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I said, well, if you want Finn to do it, how about make it Demon Finn Balor? So um, if I honestly really had to choose um, for his last opponent, um, that's, that's who I'm going with. If you want... If Finn Balor wants a shot, bring back Demon Finn Balor because Vince McMahon, you've always said that you don't want to wear out the demon. You want a special he he a special occasion for the demon. Well, guess what? This is it. So you can't you can't get any more special than that. No, so Undertaker versus the Demon Finn. I'm sorry, the Demon King Finn Balor. There you go. All right. And sorry, Finn, you might lose, but um it'd be one hell of a match though. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, all right, Jolly. Who's your well, pick? Technically, I already said mine. But, all right, I'm going to give two. Okay. But, but the second one is going to be something special. The first one, if he was going to retire, it would be against Aleister Black. I think with everything that's going on, especially now, I think that would be the perfect way to cement Aleister's legacy. However, and I will say this, nice, like, um, the second one, is actually a reunion of the Brothers of Destruction versus the New Day. Mm. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. All right, go on. I've always loved the <laughs> Brothers of Destruction. I mean, I you know, when you had Kane, that some of the best rivalries and best matches came became between Kane and Undertaker. 
that is a given. I don't even know how many matches those two had against each other and with each other. I mean, I know they lost their recent match in Riyadh again, or no, Super Showdown against uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, but you know those two were going to win regardless because it's Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Right. So, like, I would honestly feel like just to give the absolute nod, an absolute push to probably one of the better tag teams in all of wrestling at the moment, which is Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, uh, New Day, you know, because it would it's actually tied between the Usos and the New Day for me because I don't care what anybody says, the Young Bucks are not that fucking good. You want to see good, look at the twins, Jim and Jay. Sorry, they win. But I feel that, you know, the New Day would just, it would just be such a special match. And you, you would definitely see Xavier mark out and do the, the, the choke slam and the, and the, the, the neck thumb across the yeah. neck, you know, mark out like he normally does. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, that would be my pick. And okay. So, yeah, it'd be Aleister Black for a singles match and Brothers of Destruction versus The New Day. Okay. Well, we brought him up earlier and everything, but if based on the mystique and, well, I mean, ingredient abilities aside, based on the mystique and entrances alone, um, I got to give it to Cross, Karrion Cross, because it's like, a lot of people have been, I've seen it on Twitter and everything. A lot of people have been wanting that. A lot of people want that match. And yeah, it's just like I said, just with the entrances alone, it's going to be, it would be absolutely like a spectacle and just like wonderful a lot to watch. And that's even before the bell ring to start the match. <sighs> yeah. But of course, Karrion's got to get his ass back first. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. We'll go with that one. So we'll make it a mixed mag ta- mixed match tag match, a mixed mixed match tag match ugh, with Karrion Cross and Scarlet versus uh-huh. Michelle McCool and the Undertaker. Ooh, Ooh hello, Jester one up says again. Damn it! <laughs> Pleasure's all mine, ladies. <laughs> Are you really trying not to get me to uh, choose between those two? <laughs> What do I always say when there's two great competitors facing each other? The fans so, win. The fans win. Somebody put up in the board if you had M- Macho Man Randy Savage in his prime, um, HBK in his prime, and I think it was AJ Styles in his prime in a triple threat match for the WWE title, who would win? Some smartass said, well, whoever the writers say. And I'm thinking the fans win. No matter who's destined to win that match, become the champion. When you got Macho, HBK, and AJ Styles in their prime wrestling, that is something that the fans will always remember. I have something mm-hmm. that, you know, will just, it just would take, it would just be a phenomenal match no matter who wins. And I think that's what everybody seems to be forgetting. And it's something that Colin touched on last week that mm-hmm. the fans are more focused on, you know, stupid shit and and but they're not focusing on the storylines and the development and what it's like that these two behemoths are going like keith lee versus braun Strowman. that match no matter how many times we see is a fucking match made in heaven because they're two behemoths and they're just fucking amazing that ricochet ali match last week on raw was fucking phenomenal oh my god yes it was it was it was incredible the um oh who was it um there's another match that was just really blew my mind. I just can't. There's so many matches that I watched recently that's just like, oh my god. Um, even the uh, Drew and Jay match. That's the one I was thinking of. That was damn good. And that has a that has a uh, long history too with with uh, Roman and Drew. I mean they yeah. they've had a very long, and it's just funny that they finally just swapped. Um, <laughs> You know, now, no, but now Roman's the bad guy. Roman's the heel. And I honestly really hope that next week when we discuss um, Survivor Series, after Mm -hmm. Survivor Series, 
that it was Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns because I don't want to see Randy versus Roman. I'm sorry. This has been yeah. a heel on heel fucking setup. Like, you know, Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley, two heels. You mm -hmm. know, I, it's boring. And, you know, oh, well, the, the Street Profits and, and New Days, the only two ones that are not heels, but I don't want the, the, hurt, the hurt business to win those titles. I, everybody no. wants this match. Mm -hmm. I will be pissed off if the Hurt Business wins on Monday. I will be so pissed off. I've been wanting that match since oh, I have been wanting that match since the talk of like Survivor Series like started and everything. It's like just those two personalities alone and, and plus with like how much they've done with Biggie and Street Profits behind backstage and everything. It's just oh, like I've, I've been loving it. I've been absolutely yeah. loving it. And so it's like you know, it just seems like it's just a two- heel the matches even the women's team suck like oh my god the it, it don't matter who else a team smackdown gets holy shit you got bianca and you got ruby and Liv. naya yeah. naya's fucked <laughs> shane is fucked i mean these women actually get along that team the raw team is just so fucking discombobulated it's not even funny it's like, holy shit, can we get NXT up here to fucking fix this shit? My God. Like, what Police. the fuck? I mean, hell, I would take even, you know, Mercedes Martinez coming up and joining that team because, all right, fuck that. Where's Charlotte? Charlotte. Charlotte. Aging Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair, please return to Raw. Charlotte Flair, you're missing and return to Raw, please. Thank you. Save the fucking show! <laughs> Seriously. I the, the <laughs> team fucking sucks. Hell, it's like if Charlotte, if not Charlotte and everything, Naomi's cleared. I still say she's on the mass singer. Well, that's true. And I think you blew out your mic. <laughs> Did I? Did I really blow out? Okay. Yeah, uh, well, okay, was that's a little better. Far away from my mic. That's all I was. <laughs> I was too far away from my mic and I was actually talking low. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Look, I yeah, I have to practice my TikTok voices because I actually got attacked by a a, a, um, a certain person supporter. So I need to learn how to talk like they do. So you know, sometimes I'm gonna do accents lately so I can go after these dumbasses. So you know, you want me to start talking like this? I can really start talking like this the entire show. Are you mocking a Texans accent? Actually, no. This is actually an East Coast Southern accent, more Virginia. Area. Oh, okay. I mean, I, hey. I could go more redneck if I wanted to, but, you know, <laughs> see, there's different draws. Texas is actually more elongated because it actually has the Mexican and uh, Navajo descent in there. So, y'all yeah, mutts. And I hear that they were actually going to be giving Mexico back Texas. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm done with that. No, but it's like some <laughs> people don't even, you know, it's like some people, some people don't even think I'm from Texas and everything until I say y'all. Then it's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're from Texas. I'm like, going, whatever. Dude, I say y'all all the fucking time. Y'all. <laughs> y'all come back now, you hear? Right. Yeah, no, but there's oh. different, different dialects of Southern. You know, if you want to talk about the probably one of the best southern draws ever just go listen to dusty Rhodes. go listen to the american dream his his voice is just like melted butter velvet southern draw he right fucking perfect <laughs> oh man but now getting back to the storylines and everything like that wwe seriously it's like dm us Please, we can give you several deals. I, I tweeted one out the other day and somebody actually commented on it and said they loved it and everything. Because it's like they need to pull the trigger with Ollie and Kofi, especially with the position that Ollie's in now and everything. Pull the damn trigger. I think they're going to wait on that. And I will discuss that at a later date. Actually. But I think they're actually going <laughs> to hold that feud until possibly Wrestlemania. I think that it's going to start soon because he is going after people. That's why he went after Tucker because mm -hmm. of what he did to Otis. He came out and said that. And I will call him Ali because I do not feel right butchering his name. Mustafa. Yeah, so I don't want to disrespect him in any way. 
and I feel yeah. like I would would butcher his name, and so that's why I will call him Ali. And okay. um, but yeah, so like I said, I think that feud is coming. Um, it could possibly even start this week if they were smart. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect and, opportunity. And have him interfere with the tag match between the Hurt Business and the New Day. And then mm-hmm. and then the next week, you know, Hurt Business can take the titles. I'll be fine with that. I'd be absolutely fine with that. I just want Street Profits versus the New Day. I'm sorry. Nah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Oh, well. Oh, man. Yeah, Survivor Series is going to be a trip. Alrighty. Well, how, how do we go from having one of the best Survivor Series, which was last year, and I don't care what anybody says. All right, well, maybe the triple threat women's match kind of sucked, but still, when you have a slow, methodical wrestler like Shayna, you have to have your other two me- wrestlers wrestle slow and methodically. And unfortunately, that doesn't really work well with Becky and Bailey. Oh. Uh, hopefully, next year they'll change their mind and put NXT back in the mix and everything. But of course, it like depends on where where everything's at by then. That but. that's probably why they probably would have without COVID. Yeah. <sighs> but we'll see how everything plays out next Sunday. Alrighty. Well, that's all we have for this episode of the Queen's Takeover. Thank you so much for joining us and tune in next time as the takeover continues. Y'all have a good one. And we will be doing a uh, reaction right after Survivor Series, so you won't have to wait for that either. Yep. <laughs>